Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Kyle Bailey is an accomplished executive leveraging 15-plus years of cross-industry expertise in startups, executive leadership, and franchising. Currently Chief Executive Officer of Nuvenair Global, a privately held company offering patented vehicle cleanliness solutions and revenue-generating platforms to the automotive and transportation industry across the United States. Tonight, Kyle kicks real knowledge on this passionate episode of Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership. This is straight talk you won't hear anywhere else. I'm Kalen Bingham, and this is the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. You guys know what this is about. Uh, We're going to get into some really, really strong whiskey conversation on this one. I feel it coming. There is always a dream that you have when you launch an effort uh, around your passion. You know, I, I have this dream that I would get some real whiskey heads listening to this podcast and just reach out to me somehow and say, dude, how can I be a part of this conversation? Mm. That's exactly what happened with this guy, Kyle. Welcome to the conversation. Uh, You know, you've got a really interesting background, um, but more importantly, man, when, when I ask you what kind of juice you drink, you go straight to the top. Yeah, you know, it's people like fix it with this nostalgia. Oh, it doesn't leave meet up to the expectation. But I can tell you personally, I have blind tasted against some very strong competitors, and I've always gravitated towards the twenty-three year age. You can taste it. You can taste it. So appreciate the whiskey talk, man, and appreciate what you're doing because men come together. There's an intimacy in conversation. When you talk about whiskey or you bring whiskey into the conversation and some of the best talks I've had with my brothers has been over a cigar and whiskey. It's, it's the truth serum. It's the truth serum. So I got some real questions for you. I think the most important question is going to come after I share with you what I'm going to be stepping into because I knew you were the real thing. So I had to reach for one that actually this used to be my everyday about four or five years ago. A good go-to, had some character to it, but it wasn't crazy expensive until the world changed. And so I went out and bought like three or four bottles of Blanton's. Oh, man. (laughs) Now I got Blanton's from 2015. I'm afraid to open these up and try them because... You know, that's one of those bottles, though, you don't even want to throw away. (laughs) I mean, the top on Blanton's... But let me go ahead and crack this one open. All right. It's been a while since I hit this one, but... 
You know what? Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to open up Jefferson's Ocean Aged by the Sea, if that works for you. Cool story. I love when uh, they put a little story around the bourbon. This was aged at the sea. So you understand the journey that these barrels were on. And when they brought them back, they figured that they opened up differently, that they tasted a little differently. So when you can tie a journey to an experience, there's a lot of passion involved when I open up when I open up this uh, Jefferson's Oceans. So I'll tell you what, uh, I, I'm going to uh, enjoy this Blanton's that I, like I said, I haven't hit this in a while. I'm going to enjoy this one. I would love for you to just share just a little bit more about your background. And like I said at the top, uh, this was a conversation that came based upon my passion for what I'm doing here. I, I yeah. knew we were going to be really strong friends. We haven't even gotten 10 minutes into this and you're already, you already got me on the edge of my seat. So go ahead and do your thing and I'm going to enjoy this Blanton's, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I guess just to give you a little bit about my background, have always been a serial entrepreneur and have led a lot of different businesses and companies from startups to mergers to acquisitions. When you get kicked in your passion and you find your why, you know, all of a sudden your journey really starts. And so kind of leading up to cross industry experience and business startups from running magazines. In fact, that's what I uh, did when I was in Kentucky. My uh, family owns a magazine that's in the saddlebred horse industry. So I got to get tied with the rich traditions and the cultures, you know, from this magazine that's been around since 1865. So you think about the the depressions and the recessions and the wars that it survived. It's been saturated in this culture, which actually gained my appreciation for bourbon. You know, and when I was living in Kentucky, and I think I spoke to you through uh, just some of the notes that we had exchanged back and forth. But I remember when Pappy, 23 year age, was found on the shelves for 299 retail. And you look at this bourbon pandemic. You know, that's what we're in. We're in a bourbon pandemic, man. Most bourbons were tied to Kentucky. Now I'm sitting here with a Texan whiskey, and I love how this bourbon world has opened up because there's a power with just having this bourbon and having a really good person in the room like you uh, doing what you're doing. So, you know, long story short, I'm a solution-driven guy. Uh, I don't think there's a problem that can't be solved. When I tied into uh, a bad car buying experience, I bought out the uh, consulting project that I was working on, took a really good partner on. You know, my pastor always says, show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future. Well, I have really good mentors in my life that challenge me you know, on, man, it's been this journey of innovation, patented technology, and disrupting the transportation industry with uh, vehicle health and cleanliness products and programs through our franchise model. And it's been, it's been an incredible journey and ride. Okay. So I've, I've known you for exactly 15 minutes and you've used the word disruption, I, I think seven times. I know what that means to me. What does that mean to you? Why, why is disruption such a, such a big part of your vocabulary? You know what? Nothing gets in your way in life unless you get in your own way. And I'm a firm believer that if there is a problem and you have a passion to fix it, you will fix it as long as you don't get in your own way. And so disruption means we are taking solutions, you know, specifically in the case that we're talking about, to the transportation industry. And you got to figure this was way before COVID. This is way before the pandemic. That's what emerged our company. But this was all mission prior to, you know, we want to help people. We want to make sure from buying a car that you don't have a bad car buying experience, that you open that door and it feels brand new from getting into an Uber or uh, a taxi or a rental car. 
that you know that that vehicle has been treated with the respect and the products necessary to remove not only COVID-19 odors, et cetera, but it's a new vehicle every time you get in the door. And so there was a huge industry problem and we're here to fix it. To me, we're disrupting the auto industry by making it better. You know, with that said, COVID-19 has been so challenging on everybody. It's been disruptive in the wrong ways to some. Uh, Some companies have emerged out of that because it's forced them to challenge themselves and pivot and change, change their game a little bit. And, you know, for us, it was an accelerator, not just because of what we do, but because of the mindset, the team and the talent that I've been blessed to surround myself with, you know, the growing team that exists through a franchise framework, man, good people attract good people. Again, show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future. Oh, man, I love that. I've lo- I love so much of what you've said already. I don't use the word disruption, but I do believe in the concept. I, I might take it from you. I might borrow it from you. But the concept for me is how do you disrupt what people think of as being the only way to do things? Because we get locked into these patterns of if you want to get to B, you've got to go through C, especially if you mm-hmm. start especially if you're starting from this other place over here, right? You, it has to be done this way. If this pandemic has taught us anything or has taught me anything, it's that all the things that we thought were required weren't actually required after all, right? Because five years ago, I, I would have thought in order for me to have a conversation with someone like you, we've got to literally, literally be sitting Absolutely. in the same bar. Yeah. Those are the rules that we were convinced had yeah. to be true. And, you know, I, I tell this story a lot to, you know, a lot of my friends that are asking, they're concerned about, you know, what am I doing now? And, and I tell them, hey, look, three years ago, if, if you've got a company that's based in London and you wanted me to help develop your organization, you needed to pay for me to get on a plane and I only right. fly business class and you got to pay for all of that. And, and that's how you get me in front of your sales teams. And that's not true anymore, right? If you've got an internet connection, I can help you get to where you're trying to go. Yeah. Disrupting the thought process. What else do you think that we are currently accepting as the norm? Maybe in your industry, maybe in another industry, but what else do you think we're currently saying it has to be done this way? And, you know, when you take a step back, maybe it doesn't. I'm going through one myself, you know, so like those storms hit Dallas, right? Going through a startup and making the right decisions for the long term and the longevity of the company means that you're not going to make short term mistakes and you're going to be thinking about what's best for the future, not what's best for the current situation. And that's kind of that whole mentality of going through the war because you're going to learn a lot more. You know, kind of looking at our situation, you know, I finally got to build my wife the house that. I promised her eight years ago when I bought the business, you know, but it took a little bit longer. And, you know, we got hit with these crazy storms that Dallas didn't predict in our weather and our power goes out and our house has been torn down to the beams. Now I'll tell you when the hurricanes came and I got to partner with, they got a plug, High Sox for Hope, the Cajun Army, the people that are helping people, neighbors help neighbors and got to sleep in the cots and watch the uh, displacement and the lies and the things that happen in that industry when people are victims in these storms and they don't have the resources or the tools, they just need help. And sometimes the people that are taking advantage of that are the people that are taking advantage of them. Fast forward, going through this myself, 
my wife and my my two girls, I'm a house full of estrogen. It's got to get me back for my heathen years. We are on our 10th move since February 16th. And I, I'm blessed. Listen, we work hard. I'm not going to just put the fork in uh, settling with the insurance companies. And that is a huge awakening for me going through this myself that one, there's a lot of wasted cost, wasted expense, but there's a lot of victims and people that need help that are just getting the kind of short end of the stick. You know, when you get your house and your life taken away by a tornado or by a storm, it is disruptive in the wrong way to your life. It feels empty. And I'll tell you that it doesn't have to feel that way. I think there's a lot better ways going through this myself. You know, I had a uh, conversation on a previous episode with Greg Strauss. And we talked about this popular notion that to be an effective leader, you've got to be good at compartmentalizing. You know, work is work. Don't let anything get in the way of work. Don't bring your personal thoughts, your personal problems into work. And then when you're at home, don't mention work at home because you got to keep that separate. And then the separation of church and state, when you're at church, definitely don't talk about money, right? What Greg and I were talking about was how much of a fallacy that seems to be. Mm. You know, the things that you were just mentioning, I don't know how you run an effective business when you have people in your business without acknowledging some of the personal things that they're going through. I would love to just kind of check that philosophy against what you've been through and, this, uh, and this notion that, yeah. that to be an effective business owner, you've got to compartmentalize. You got to go through to get to, man. I think that's kind of what you said earlier. And it's the truth. You got to go through to get to. If you try to duck or if you try to go around or if you try to avoid a problem, it creates other issues. You got to go through to get to because there's so much learning in that. And I'll tell you that this time, yeah, it's been trying, but at the same time, it's exciting because if I had my blinders on and just focused on the problem, I would be missing out on where I'm sitting right now in front of a lake talking to you. Maybe this conversation wouldn't have occurred if I would have been focused solely on myself and this depression. We are a product of our own thought process. And if we believe that it's negative and we believe that it's drowning and we believe that there is no way out, it is all those things. But if we believe that there's learning and we believe that there's positivity, and we believe that there's impact. And there's a reason why we're going through it. And we can't wait to go through it to get to it. It's so difficult to do. But when you've been through enough tribulation, you've been through the highs and lows, what you got to do is find your equal balance. One, one of the pieces that you were just talking about, I think, is the most important thing to do. I'm going to be open on your show, man. That's what this show is for, right? I, in my, my beginning, my relationship was a, a stubborn bull, thought I knew everything because I was young, you know, was in consulting had to watch all this, all this fun stuff that you think is important, which is really not, and uh, would come home with these expectations against my wife. Now, expectations lead to execution. You know, why is my sock drawer empty kind of thing? But somebody that pivoted my thinking a long time ago, because your family is the most important investment that you can make to my wife. Hey, Dawn is her name. Dawn, Kyle goes to work and he puts on a different flight suit. He might sound different when he's behind the mask, but it's the same guy that loves you. And Kyle, you need to learn how to take off your flight suit. When I go home, my flight suit's off. When it's going back on, I get to tell my wife now, hey, honey, I'm putting my flight suit. And she's proud. She's like, baby's going to war, you know, kind of thing. It's just this mentality, man, that 
we got to invest in our current surroundings. And so, you know, it is so hard sometimes to shut off the phone or shut off social media or shut off these things. But we're blinding ourselves from our current surroundings if we don't. Oh, my gosh. That makes so much sense. You know, I've gotten really deep in this space of neuroscience. I usually call it smart people. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how I ended up in this in that conversation. But this idea of thinking about what you're thinking about. Uh, I'll tell you, man, when I was 23, I was brilliant. You couldn't tell me anything. I was the smartest dude. On oh, yeah. Planet. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that some of what I thought might not have been totally true in spite of what my mom says. My mom still thinks I'm brilliant. But outside of her, you know, there's a whole lot to grow there. What were some times, and you just shared one example, what were some times where you were convinced you had the answer, but you reached out to other people. You talk a lot about surrounding yourself with smart folks, with high-performing people. What are some times when you were convinced of the path to take, but because you were vulnerable enough to reach out to other people and get a different perspective, you walked away with with a different path and that made all the difference. I mean, my partner does that to me every day. I mean, just to be real and transparent, if he listens to this, he'll know I'm talking to him because it's that adhere to wisdom, man. Like we, when we're when we're young, call it cocky, call it confidence. I, I, I mean, I think I had a mixture of both. But what happens is that pendulum swings to humility and opening, and you want to learn from the older bull. You know, you want to learn from these these people that are in your corner, willing to invest in you because they have a lot to teach, and you want to value that teaching by taking that beyond generations. And that's where I've grown, man. It used to be about me. It's not, it has nothing to do about me anymore. I just have to be the equal balance for everything around. I got to be the equal balance for my family because it is trying. It's trying to get kicked out of your house and see it ripped down to studs and fighting with an insurance company right now. Mm. It's trying uh, at the same time to go through the highs and lows of the company, but you got to keep your equal balance. And if you can keep your equal balance to not make decisions based off emotion, like you said, those were the, some of the biggest learnings that I've learned from my partner and I've learned from the people around me, okay, here's the fire. You can go around it, but there's no learning from that. <laughs> My partner would push me through it because he knew I needed to go through it to get to it. I'm, th- I'm thankful for that, man. I'm thankful that you know, I found my knees a long time ago and, and, and found the Lord. And you know, that was the biggest learning and awakening for me is that I'm not as big as I thought I was. If it's bigger than you, it's bigger than the world. He's bigger than the world. I'm going to stand behind him. <laughs> yeah, I had a conversation. Oh man, you guys, if you're listening to this and you have not checked out the conversation with Wyman Winbush, who's the wisdom broker, but he talks about this thing that you're touching on right now, where everything that he goes into, he considers himself going into it in partnership with God. There are things, number of things that let's face it, I just can't handle it. Can you think of anything that when I'm in partnership with God, is there anything that that the duo can't handle? So when you go into it in partnership, you you have a lot more resources at your disposal if you try to figure it out on your own. That is what comes with wisdom. That's why he's called the wisdom broker. What's been your experience with realizing this is a little bit above my pay grade here, but when you go back to it in partnership with your faith, I got this funny story that I used to 
I used to say when I was in uh, business school, because I talked myself into, literally talked myself into one of those smart people business schools, which literally mm. I did not <laughs> qualify to get into. I mean, they actually told me, thank you for playing. We'll take your application fee. No. And I called the admission folks and took them out for breakfast, pled my store. And they said, okay, all right. Okay. 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 We'll let you in. But remember our initial answer was no. I was literally in class with rocket scientists, technical rocket scientists who worked for NASA and me. And my approach every week was, I don't want to be the reason that God decides not to work a miracle because that's all. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing that's going to get me through this. Have you had experiences like that where you were clearly playing up? <laughs> what, how much time do you got? You know, I mean, it's like, and that's the journey, man. That's the journey that opens up. Like if we understand that there is so much more than ourselves, that world starts to open up a little bit. But when we humble ourselves from the things we have to get rid of, which was a lot for me, I was caked in my stubbornness. I thought I knew everything. You know, from 19 years old, I was out in Vegas starting a business, you know, kind of thing, working with biochemists from NASA, working with sultans of Dubai for their, I mean, just crazy stories that you can't make up. I mean, it sounds made up, but you can't make up. You can lose yourself in that real quick. This world will swallow you whole. And when you stop serving the world and you start serving a bigger purpose to disrupt, there's that word to disrupt what you're called to do, everything starts to open up. And I promise you, there is nothing that can get in your path as long as you know who goes before you and it's not you. Man, I love that. I uh, just happened to be online and, you know, obviously with uh, the passing of one of the greatest lyricists in all of hip hop, DMX, I found myself going into, into this deep hole of, you know, this, this hip hop. Wait, wait, wait. Can we pause right here and just take one sip for X? I mean, yeah, I mean, can you do that? We got to salute one of the greatest. What a staple he was. And now, now we're paying attention to it. He's always been a staple. Oh my gosh. Bland. That Bland's is good, right? Oh my gosh. Look, and you're drinking a neat? Look, I only got three bottles of this stuff, man. I gotta. <laughs> I was paying attention to some of the, some of the tributes. And, you know, one artist leads to another artist, leads to another artist, leads to another artist, and fell into this conversation that Jay-Z was having. And he was just talking about motivation in general. And he said, people will tell you no, and they will put their fears onto you. And they'll say that you can't do something because they can't do it. What he's found is that in order to be successful, You've got to live in this space of knowing. Mm -hmm. And he made the distinction between, you know, when I get into the studio, when I get on stage, I'm not thinking, I'm not hoping, I know. Once you step into that space of knowing, then all that other chatter doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. He said, now, if you're in something, you're not quite in the knowing yet, that's okay. That just means you haven't found your, your unique voice. You haven't found your unique spin on things, but we should all be seeking this place of knowing. I had just never paid attention to Jay-Z talking like that. What's that moment for you where in baseball, you know, baseball players talk about, 
where the ball gets really, really big and it slows down. It's like yeah, you can't miss. How does it's that like, happen when no one Ryan's thrown at you? You know, like how does that how does that happen? You know, but it, it does happen. And I know, Galen, you you've had those moments, right? I mean, you're on this show right now, opening up a whole new conversation of intimacy and transparency, your background, you've had your business background. You're not supposed to be here on paper. I'm not supposed to be here on paper. I'm not supposed to be here by a score. You're not supposed to be here by a score, but you chose to be here. And that's the difference. It's freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. You have the option. Everybody has the option to either choose to be successful. That doesn't mean that it automatically clicks over. That doesn't mean that Oh, I'm going to choose to be successful. I'm successful. I'm Jay-Z. Trust me, there's a challenge in the road, okay? And when you look at an iceberg, that's the only thing I can think of is you see that 10%. You don't see the 90% of failure that Jay-Z went through to get to that moment and understand those thoughts. So like we as people, we have to listen to that. These are our fellow brothers, our fellow sisters, our fellow musicians, our fellow entrepreneurs that have all gone through unique challenges. When you can open yourself up and stop looking at yourself, I'm just looking at me, I'm shining right now, I got my watch on, all this other stupid stuff that we get taught through social influence, through music videos, and you really listen to those people in those very intimate moments, there's a lot to learn. It was a challenge to get to it. It was a challenge to get to it because you got to go through it. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.